Tonight's class or reminder is a reminder for all of us in all of these uh, lectures pertaining to this weekend. It is upon all of us to understand and to implement it because most of our generation from the people uh, this our age, our generation is finished. So we should be more concerned about those youth that are in the back because if they don't implement those things as it relates to having the correct aqidah and good character, our society is going to be destroyed. Destroyed. So therefore, <clears throat> tomorrow morning, inshallah ta'ala, we should encourage and we should get people that we know and send out reminders so that everyone can participate in aiding or being a part of the future of the youth and directing them in the right way. Because the youth, before we get started, for all of the adults, they look at every single thing that we say and do, and how we interact with the non-Muslims, and how we interact with the Muslims, and how we interact with people that have done us wrong. So if we're not upright, we're gonna corrupt them. So, as a small reminder, as it relates to ours, we want to take from Bab al-Tarbiyah those noble characteristics that we should have in developing good character. And those ahadith that we will take, there are 19 of them and those companions that narrate these ahadith is Ibn Mas'ud which we have two of those ahadith in this chapter Abi Huraira we have six of them we have Abu Sa'id al-Khudri And we have Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, and we have Abu Adarda, which he has two in this chapter, and Abdullah ibn Umar, he has two in this chapter, and Abi Mas'ud and Badr, Uqba ibn Amr, he has one, and Abi Harira. 
We may mention of an Iyad ibn Himar and Asma bint Yazid and Abdullah ibn Salam and Tamim Ad-Dari. So we have 19 companions. Uh, excuse me, 19 hadith mentioned in this chapter. And we may mention of those who are going to, uh, those who narrated those hadith. And what did you notice about the names that we mentioned? Yeah, there's something stick out that's odd. Huh. Except uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was old. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, when he died, his son was seven. And they asked him, tell us something about your father. He said, I'm not able to because when my father died, I was young. And when he died, he was seven years of age. Uh, so, uh, that's a good point, but it's another point I'm looking for. We mentioned Ibn Mas'ud, Abi Hurairah, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, Muawiyah, Abu Ad-Dardad, Ibn Umar, Abi Mas'ud, Uqba Ibn Amr, Iyad, uh, Asma bint Yazid, Abdullah ibn Salam, Tamim al-Dari, and uh, yeah, they don't names you mentioned. Anything stick out? Huh? Huh? No, something no, something I. All of them are male except one. <laughs> Tell. These are some of the questions, inshallah ta'ala, when we going through, make sure inshallah ta'ala you try to answer. These are some of the questions I came up with, uh, so we'll answer them inshallah ta'ala when we get finished it, bi'ithnillah tomorrow. Some of the questions that are related to our discussion, so see if you can answer them. Give me two or three ahadith that have the word iyakum. How many hadith that we're going to make mention and have the word iyakum? Like be aware. That's the first question. The second question is, give me two hadith that have the word khayr. Khayr. The third question, y'all with me? Y'all with me? Y'all memorized it? Y'all memorized the questions? Huh? What are some of the things that help you memorize? Good. Abandoning sin. What else? Some of the youth. What's another thing that help you uh, memorize? Huh? A heart. The heart have to be what though? Pure. Have to be pure. Huh? Acting on knowledge. Acting on knowledge. Good. Acting on knowledge. Good. Huh? Repetition, good. What are some of the things you can eat that helps your memory? Huh? 
A lot of food. A lot of food? Specific food, huh? Huh? Eating the brain of what? The animal? Or your brain help you? No, give me some of the food that helped you memorize. What can aid your memory? Huh? Yeah, someone say raisins? Yeah, excellent. What else? Walnuts. Walnuts, good. Huh? Dates. Frankincense. Frankincense. Uh, they call it Luban. Why? Because it invigorates the blood. Makes it go. Uh, the next question, question number three. Give me four ahadith that have the word in husnul khulaq. That's the third question. Y'all with us? Y'all with us? Huh? No, we're going to answer tomorrow, inshallah. But I need you to prepare. <laughs> inshallah. Not you specific, you in general. The fourth question, how many ahadith in this chapter mention Jannah or Nar? You with us? Huh? So if it mentioned paradise, it should encourage us to do what? Do those actions so that we can get there. If it mentions the hellfire, we should do what? Detach ourselves from it or avoid it or abandon it so we can stay away from it. So the chap this chapter and the chapter before, that's what it's about. Encouragement. And the number one thing that we should encourage is the youth, because they're our future. So if the youth see us lying, the youth see us winking, huh? As Sheikh Muhammad Ibn Uthaymeen, when he explained Kitab al-Tawheem in Sahih Bukhari, he said, all of the NBS have been prohibited from winking because it involves deceiving. So if you winking, you know, you thinking you trying to be cool, you wink, huh? Your son is going to start winking. But the origin it is what? Deception. Or mocking at someone. So we want these ahadith to utilize, understand, and implement them, and be very, very careful around the youth. Because they walk, watch you like what? A hawk. You don't even know, but they watching you like that. Huh? And the, and, and studying the sunnah of the Prophet Aisha, who was a young, noble woman, that her truthful father, that loved Islam, and on the first day that he accepted Islam, gave abundance of wealth, realizing that this Islam won't go unless we have knowledge, wealth, and what else? The Prophet used to supplicate Allah that two people. So what about Umar? What's special about Umar? He had strength. 
When Hamza, the uncle of the Prophet, and Umar accepted Islam, Umar went to that private house that they were given dawah. They were studying it, excuse me, they were studying Islam. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, isn't it that we are upon the truth? And they are upon falsehood? Then why are we given this secret dawah? But you have to have knowledge, wealth, and strength when you give dawah. This is the element. Why Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah dawah didn't go? He followed Kitab and Sunnah upon understanding of the Salaf. And why did Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Wahab dawah march? Because the ruler, he supported that dawah. So likewise, when we're thinking about our youth, and we're come to it, is that we are, all of us, we have failed the youth. Because if you are at this age or older, and you don't have nothing for your sons, we have failed them. Because when they start smelling a certain way, and they start turning around a certain way before they get up and to the list go on and we don't have anything prepared for them we have failed them we haven't fulfilled the obligation to have everything ready for them so they can just get married we not only have to teach them about the knowledge but the knowledge is the thing to teach them how to be independent and how to depend solely on Allah. Where are our communities? They are lost. Except the ones who Allah shall mercy on. Can our sons get married now? Can our daughters get married now? And you know there's someone that's able to take care of them. And they have the knowledge base to back everything up. So we have failed our communities. So that means us as elders have to strive harder. So we can write the right investment. We want to be like Abdul Rahman ibn Awf. That when they prevented him from leaving Mecca, so he can make migration with the Prophet, they told him, you can't do it unless you leave your wealth behind. What did he do? He left his wealth. When he got to Medina, the Prophet linked him up with someone else that was rich. Pick whatever wife you want, I'll divorce him, you can have him. He said, no, show me the marketplace. That comes with cultivation. Abdullah bin Umar, Abu, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, when they was 14, the Prophet turning them back from the battlefield? That means they had good cultivation. Abdullah bin Abbas, when, he, when the Prophet died, he was 10. He was going to visit the Prophet. He was turned back. Because the Prophet have a visitor. Some of the scholars said that towards the end of his life he became blind because that visitor was Jibril. 
But the highlight and point is, when the Prophet died, he was 10. And his youth, he was visiting a Prophet to get knowledge. Abu Nu'am, I mean Nu'man ibn Bashir when the Prophet died, he was 13. And then after the Prophet died, he started narrating those ahadith that he memorized from the Prophet in the famous, إِنَّ الْحَلَالَ الْبَيِّنَ وَإِنَّ الْحَرَامَ That which is lawful is crystal clear, that which is unlawful is crystal clear. To the point, that in the body there is a piece of flesh. If it is wholesome, good, righteous, the rest of the body will be there. To the statement of the Prophet, So the highlight and point, they were young, raised upon obedience of Allah. And they didn't fear anyone because they were raised upon Tawheed. The first, uh, the, uh, the next question, inshallah ta'ala, uh, is how many, uh, uh, how many ahadith mention Yawm Qiyamah? Or what will happen on that day? They're the questions, inshallah ta'ala. The first hadith of this chapter, it is the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an, who learned 70 chapters from the Prophet So he was a person that what? Read the Qur'an, studied the Qur'an. And he is the one that read over the Prophet. The Prophet requested that him, for him to read to him. This famous hadith, that he said that the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu salam says, Alaykum bis siddiq, fa inna siddiq yahdi ila al-bir, wa inna bir yahdi ila al-jannah, wa ma yizal al-raju yasdiqu wa yuharrah siddiqan hatta yuktuba inda Allah siddiqan, wa iyaakum wa nkhabit. فَإِنَّ كَذَبْ يَهْدِي إِلَى النَّارِ إِلَى فَجُوعِ وَإِنَّ فَجُوعِ يَهْدِي إِلَى النَّارِ وَمَا يَزَالُ رَجُوعِ يَكْذِبُ وَيَتَهَرَّكَ كَذِبًا حَتَّى يُكْتُبَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ كَذَّابًا متفقون عليه This tremendous of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud It starts off with a command and in the middle, it's telling us to detach ourselves and abandon something. It's, it is upon us, obligatory, to be truthful. What did Allah says, Ya yuhalladina amanu, kum ma'as-sadiqeen. Oh, you who believe, be with the truthful. And Allah in a long ayah says, Inna Muslimin wa Muslimat wa Mu'minin wa Mu'minat to make mention of those men that are truthful and those women that are truthful. Highlight and point, the men and the women are equal as it relates to worship. So we have to what? Not only train ourselves and our boys, but also we have to train our daughters. Because whoever are truthful, then Allah has prepared for them a tremendous reward.
a magnificent reward, a great reward. So in this hadith, is a long discussion, but of course we can't go over it. So this hadith starts off with the command to be truthful. Because the truthfulness, it leads you to bear. And Allah's name is Al-Bar. But bear, it means good. So when you tell truthfulness, when you are truthful, it leads you to other good deeds. And in this same hadith it says, وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَالْكَذِبُ And when you lie, which is a bad and an evil and wicked deed, it leads you to other bad deeds. As we're going to see in the hadith when it says, إِيَّاكُمْ Be aware of sitting in those road paths. By not giving a road its right and being disobedient to the command of the Prophet, we can see in our society why things escalate. But it all starts with a black or white lie. It's the same. It all starts with deception. So anyway, the Prophet ﷺ, he says that this truthfulness leads to what? Good. And that good leads to paradise. It leads to paradise. Y'all with us? Alaykum bis-siddiq. That means it's upon you. To adhere to truthfulness fi aqwalikum wa af'alikum wa ibadatikum wa jami'a shu'unikum. That in every affair, whether it's sayings or whether it's sayings or actions or all of your affairs or belief is upon you to be truthful in it. That's what Shaykh Saleh al-Fawzan may mention of concerning that. Shaykh Abdul Aziz ibn Ba' says, فَلِهَذَا هَفْ وَتَحْذِيرَ عَلَى السِّدِقِ فِي قَوْلِ وَالْعَمِلِ Therefore, it is an encouragement that in our speech and action, we be truthful. وَالْحَذَرَ مِنْ تَكْعَ وَكَذِبِ فِي الْقَوْلِ وَالْعَمَلِ And it was a warning to detach and detest and denounce and reject or to stay away from in your speech and in your action lying. وَلَيْسَ كَذَبْ خَاصَ بِقَوْلِ And that's the highlight and point. That truthfulness and lying is not restricted to speech. Is not restricted to speech. It's restricted to what the people can judge from you. They can't judge your heart because Allah says, Yomatubala Sarai. That day 
everybody will be examined concerning that heart. That's why during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, he prohibited people from calling them hip. Let me strike the neck of this hypocrite. Prophet, stop that. When the famous companion killed the one when he was killing the Muslims, he was killing them. So one of the famous companions, and you tell me tomorrow from the youth, I want the youth to tell me, inshallah, when he finally caught up with this guy, he pulled it up. I got you now. And he said the shahadatay, and he took that sword, and he still pierced it. And he gave it to him. But the highlighting point is what? We judge speech and action. So his speech made him what? Muslim. Regardless of what we think, that's the day that Allah going to judge everybody about what's their true intent. But we can only judge the speech and the action. That speech is wrong. That action is wrong. Because Allah says, His Prophet said. So the Prophet said to me, Did you open up his heart and examine it? So we have to be truthful in our speech and action. And we have to stay away from lying. Because truthfulness leads to other good deeds. And those good deeds are the good deeds, they are the deeds of paradise. And lying leads to wickedness. And though wicked and malicious and evil actions place one in a blazing fire, place one in that fire, that from when Allah created the fire, all we up into Yom Qiyamah is boiling. That's how intense it is. And Malik won't have any mercy on the ones that enter it. No mercy. And that angel, like other angels, they only do what Allah command them to do. So be aware, all of us, if we are lying and not truthful in our speech, we don't think that the first one we come in contact with our children and our loved ones and our relatives, we're not misleading them to wickedness. We're not encouraging them to do that which is displeasing to Allah. Especially and if the family like you, they look to you for encouragement and to be upright. Now start lying. And the youth is going to say, so and so, you don't lie. So you can't say that. Or so-and-so, he wouldn't do that because he's upright. So he start doing the bad deed that you do. 
And because you called him directly or indirectly to it, you get the same reward as the doer. So it's upon our fathers and mothers and our grandfathers and our uncles and the, the imams of the masajids and the teachers that teach the Muslims, that teach non-Muslims or Muslims. And the ones that are in high authority that always be truthful. Even Shaykh Rabi' Hafeebullah Ta'ala and also Shaykh, uh, Shaykh Salih Fawzan may mention, even when you are joking. Shaykh Rabi' he describes those characteristics of the righteous and brought nothing but proof from Kitab and Sunnah. And then after that, he may mention of this statement to be even truthful in your speech. And he made mention of a tremendous hadith. If we all ponder over it, we'll be more upright. He made mention of this hadith. That the Prophet ﷺ, he says, وَيْلِ الَّذِي the Prophet ﷺ three times. If he says something three times, it is to show emphasis or to get intention. Sometimes the Prophet will come in a company and give the salam three times. Sometimes in this in one of the hadith that we make mention, inshallah ta'ala, that he gave advice. He said, He said it three times to show the magnitude or the importance of it. Here, he informed the one that does this action, woe to that individual three times. That he speak. And by him speaking, his main intent is to get the people to laugh. So this include in our common day terminology, all of the comedians. They gotta be a lie in it. So be aware of truthfulness. Be aware of truthfulness and be aware of lying. So, yep. The next hadith, let's go on inshallah ta'ala. Anyway, the second hadith. And Abi Hurairah radiallahu an. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam called, Iyakum wa dhun. Fa'inna dhun akdabu hadith. So we ask some questions, right? Then we we ask some questions, right? Anyone taking notes? There's two of the ahadith concerning your answer. So the Prophet said, "Be aware of suspicion, because rarely suspicion it is the worst form of 
lion. Meaning, if that person always tells the truth, you can't come up and say he's a liar unless you got evidence. Because we all know him to be truthful. If all we see this guy drinking wine, and someone come up and say, you know what's good about that guy? That man haven't took a lick of, a sip of liquor in his life ever. That's not what we are accustomed to. Right? So now we bring our attention to if that person is known to be upon good and you come up and say something or you have suspicions about something that is against his norm, you should leave that unless you have proof. Be aware of suspicion because it's the worst form of lying. That hadith is collected in Bukhari Muslim. The next hadith, and Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam, iyyakum, iyyakum wa jalus bit-turqat, Qalu ya Rasulullah, ma lana buddan min majalisina nadahaddath fiha. Qala fa'amma idha ambaytum fa'a'atu at-tariq haqquhu. Abi Sa'iyya Khudri radiyallahu ta'ala an, who has a son named Hamza, and have a son named Abdurrahman, and I believe the third name is Rabi' and just like Abdullah and Mas'ud both of their wives were named Zainab he may mention or narrate this magnificent hadith that Ibn Hajar Asqalani rahimallah put it place it in here to show you one of the ways of having good company is detaching yourself from bad company or bad things or bad actions. And if you want to know someone is righteous, one of the signs is from this hadith that he said, be aware of sitting in the roadways So they said, oh, messenger of Allah, it's a must that we sit in the pathways and discuss our daily affair. This is where we meet up. This is when we communicate with one another. We relate to one another. We share ideas. We get an update of what's going on in our common terms. We got to sit in these places. So the Prophet ﷺ didn't prohibit what they were doing or didn't look down on what they were doing and 
they give those roads their rights. Many of us may hear that my wife, she, she always asking about her rights. Or the wife, he always asking about his wife, rights. But one of the rights that we often forget is the right of the roads. Years ago, they knew the Muslims by this characteristic. There wasn't a Muslim in a row, except they gave the Muslim, a, the, the, the Muslim gave the road their rights. And the Kafir, they felt safe because they knew the Muslim was going to give the road its rights. But today, there are only a small amount of people, and Allah knows best, that give the roads their rights. The Prophet ﷺ laid it out beautifully. If you have to stay in these pathways, then give it its rights. The first that he may mention of, that is very detrimental in our society, and it brings out the sickness or make a person more sick and evil and malicious and wicked and destroy himself and the society or the environment that he resided. And that is not lowering our eyesight. In Philadelphia years ago, <laughs> And it always come up, a woman, she can get you. She got something for you. Allah, she's the master of deception. She, she got something for you. It was a woman with her buddies that decided a plan. So she came out, and it reflects on the ayat that Allah starts them. They are the ones that initiate the fornication and adultery. And years ago, I remember a brother marrying his stepdaughter that was the age of 13. Because she used to go to the park with her girlfriends to after the end of the week tally up, count up how many phone numbers she get. 13 years of age, that means what? It's more of a reflection on the parents. Why are we going to allow our children and the, the Meshach used to always be hard about it. Don't let your sons, don't let your daughters, don't let your people go to the store by themselves. Now you have people, they go to the Quranic class, they go to the Messages, they go by themselves and you'll see young boys and girls walking home by themselves. You can't do that. Because you are responsible for them. So this woman in Philly, she walked out. And boy, 
this guy was glazing. He must have had his camera on. Because his, his eyes were shining. And he just fell right in line with the program. And she just did what she do. This is what shaitan wants us to do. Just be comfortable with the wickedness. And she did everything to continue to allow this man to follow up that action with other bad actions. So now his whole body was in conformity to this evil. And when she got at a designated place, they all jumped out and beat him to death with baseball bats. But if we listen to the command of the prophet, the advice of the prophet, if you want to stay in these royal places, give the rose their rights. Lower your eyesight. So if we, the father, the uncle, the grandfather, the, the suckling father, the neighbor, if we are allowing our eyes to go this place and that place and upstairs and downstairs, as though we only do exercise when we come out, then our children will start to do the same wicked exercises. Or someone that know he always go to the masjid. He always go to the masjid. The children they know that's a good deed. So whatever he does, gotta be right. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he said what? And stop the wrong. Give the salams. Muslim walk in, give them the salams. This is what the Muslims were known for. They couldn't sit in a row and allow something to go wrong. So the Prophet is stopping us from sitting in the roadways because why? People, they want to be, they don't want people hawking them or looking at every move they make. They want to have privacy shopping, even though it's thousands or a lot of people. But the, the norm is what? You don't know all of those people. So, people sitting on the road paths, every person come past, he what? He cracking on somebody. He making jokes about him. Oh, look at his pants. Oh, look at his eyes. Oh, you see him tripping. That's not the right of the roads. But years ago, the Muslims, when they sit, whether they having tea, whether they doing that, they didn't allow that for anybody, Muslim or non-Muslim. Because they realize or they knew that the road have rights. And this is one of the best ways that we can call people to Islam. I feel comfortable when I walk down and Muslims are there. I know ain't nobody going to bother me. 
When the Muslims have a masjid in this area or move into this apartment complex and they selling drugs, the women, when they see the Muslims, they feel safe. They know these guys. You can say dress all you want. You can say this all you want. These guys, they ain't going to bother us. They got our backs. We feel comfortable. Where's the commanding good? Where's the stopping the harm? If you have the capability. And this is what we have to raise the youth upon. If we're not doing it, you think our children are going to do it? They're not going to do it. Because we're not giving them that support they need. For what? That guidance that's going to nourish the heart. That's nourishment of the heart, right? That's nourishment of the heart. Kitab and Sunnah, right? When you have nourishment of the heart, you have a rich heart. And we ask Allah to allow our hearts to be rich. Of the hadith that the companions were sitting talking about poverty. And the Prophet والسلام, he said, Ya Abu Adarda, Ya Abu Dar, or Abu Adarda, I forget which one. Atara Katharutuma Huagani. Do you see that the one that have a lot of wealth that he is rich? Qala naam ya Rasulullah. Qala atara qillatul ma' wa huwa faqih. Qala naam ya Rasulullah. Do you see the one that have a small amount of wealth and he's poor? Qala inna ma faqir. Huwa faqih lil qalb. That the only one that's rich, the true rich one, wealthy one, is the one that his heart is rich because he have the nourishment of kitab and sunnah. Shaykh Abdul Razak, he said what? Even if he have a small amount of wealth, he's rich. The next hadith, the Prophet والسلام, may mention of Muawiyah uh, and, and Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an. Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an. He is one of the famous companions of the Prophet والسلام, and some of his children is Yazid, Ramla, Sophia, and Aisha. What are they? Say it again. Yazid, Ramla, Sophia, and Aisha. Ha! Everyone have that? He says that the Prophet والسلام, said, Man Allah bihi khayr, Whoever Allah wants good, 
then Allah will give him the understanding of this religion. There is a famous hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that Allah gives wealth to whoever He wants to. But if He love you, He give you the understanding of this religion. That understanding, as Shaykh Saleh Al-Fawzan, he says, فَهْمْ أَحْكَامُ الشَّرْعِيَّةِ مِنْ أَدِلَّتِهَا تَفْسِيلِيَّةِ مِنْ كِتَابُ السُنَّةِ That he has an understanding of those details, evidence from kitab and sunnah. If Allah wants good for you, He give you the understanding of their religion. So that means us as a whole, if we want that rich heart, we have to do the things that are necessary in our house, in our masajids, to build those masajids that produce rich hearts. Us. We have to do everything that produce rich hearts in our houses. Because we all want Allah to love us. We all can say that we love Allah, but that doesn't necessitate, or that doesn't mean that Allah loves us. We have to do the actions to get that love. And it starts by following the Prophet ﷺ. For one of those things that will get Allah to love you that we have abandoned except a few is going out your way to visit your brother. The Prophet ﷺ informs us that an angel came down. And he said, where are you going? I'm going to a town to visit so-and-so. Is it anything that you are getting? No, I'm going there because I love him for Allah's sake. And he was commanded, the angel was commanded to say that Allah loves you or the meaning of the hadith. And studying magic or studying ruqya sharia. What is one of the things that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite? As Aisha radiallahu said the Prophet used to recite this over himself. And he used to blow lightly, either like this or cupping. And then he used to recite what? Al-Ikhlas, to the end. Three times, and then wipe it over the right side, front and back, and then left front and back before he go to bed. And in his fatal illness, Aisha said, he used to do this, and I used to wipe his hands over him. I blew in it, I used to wipe his hands. Right? And his fatal illness, we, we threw this out. We go to CVS, how when we sick, right? But they used to do the things that was a blessing. No, it's for real.
every type of sickness or every problem we used to, we have, we what? We run to our, we run away from Kitab and Sunnah. When a prophet was sad, I give you an example. When a prophet was sad or something was weighing him down heavy like the revelation, he used to pray because it was a coolness to his eyes. Your wife is right. I know all of y'all heard that, right? Look at the Prophet والسلام, A woman came to the Prophet والسلام, Her husband just died Naturally if her husband died What happens? What naturally happens? Huh? She said There you go right there She said Right? She said So when your husband died you said you got X amount of months and days to be sad. After that, because we have emotion in Islam. Right? The Prophet والسلام, he used to say what? Do not despise, don't look down, oh that's little. Don't look down upon charity. Even if it's meeting your Muslim brother with a smiling face. We have problems in this world. But when you see someone smile, it change. This guy always smiling, he don't got no problems. So it make you feel happy, it change your disposition. So likewise they got sad. But my point is we run away from Kitab and Sunnah. What did the Prophet do? Before I go to that sadness, being sad excessively, it'll cause a woman not to gain weight. One of my old neighbors, she, she was still crying over her husband to have died five years ago, and she's a buck twenty. And she's way older than me. It deteriorates your health. When you stray from Kitab and Sunnah, all types of problems come in your life. But the, the number one problem is that what? Your heart is, is, is poor. It's not rich because it ain't getting that proper nourishment. And that's why I want to make a point that sometimes we don't want a rich heart because we run to everything outside of the sunnah. We think about the sunnah later. So, in brief, it harmed, I'm not going to say that, but anyway, the Prophet instructed her to do something. To take talbina, that's milk, honey, and daqiq, flour. He said because it... Activates, make the patient more active. And it removes some of the sorrow and grief. Yes. Mix it together. And some people, they might get this... And one of the signs that you might have this problem is that you have insomnia. But the insomnia that is hard to go to sleep. 
So that means you don't have enough blood in your heart. And the type of dreams you get are very bad and disturbing dreams. Because there's not enough blood in there. But we're run, as soon as we got heart palpitation or we have insomnia, we go to CVS. What do you think is good for insomnia? What do you think is good for this? We run away from the sunnah. And that's why you see in those incidents and other incidents that we don't maximize on the benefits in our community. During the time of the companions, you can do anything. If you ain't do it according to what the prophet did, they'll pull you up. Why are you reciting a book like that? Choke him up and grab him. I'm taking him to the prophet. The defenders of the deen. But let a kafir say something. Oh yeah, you know, uh, uh, the black seed is good for everything except now we want to drink it because a kafir saying it. Well, we want to do something even if it ain't help. We want to do it because the kafir saying it. We need a kafir to to implement our religion. Most of these people that are doing things, they get it from Islam. Why would we believe in Islam? We practice Islam. Why we can't call the people to this? The only thing they want to say to us, that the prophet, he married a young girl. You're right, he married a young girl. But you know, did you know the prophet did this also? Did you know the prophet did that? You know, you wanna, you wanna talk about this, but do you know the prophet did this that you do nowadays? Did he do this? Every culture is nothing that they do except some of the things they do is from the sunnah. Because the knowledge that they took from the prophet, they didn't share just with themselves. Everybody they came in contact, they disseminated that knowledge. Anyway, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to stop there because we don't want to keep the brothers too long. Inshallah ta'ala, hopefully we, uh, uh, tomorrow, inshallah, we stick to the book, inshallah, so we can get them questions answered. We ask Allah to forgive us of our sins and to increase us in good. And we ask the people that host us and the brothers that pray in this masjid, as well as the other brothers that are here to continue to bless us. And to give us a heart that is rich and die and you are pleasing to us. Uh, you are pleasing uh, that you we are you are pleased with us.